0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Scott Brown says tomorrow's trip to Hearts is about Celtic's performance and not the league table. UEFA confirm Alfredo Morelos is the first player to score 14 goals before Christmas in European competition. And Kilmarnock sack manager Angelo Alessi. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Gordon Diel and Roger Hanna. Just eight days till Christmas, Gordon, but there's not much festive spirit on show in Scottish football, I'm afraid. Stephen Gerrard, still unhappy with Don Robertson's red card at the weekend. UEFA, still unhappy with Celtic supporters for the latest flares in a European game. And Billy Bowie has given the sack to the man he described as the best manager in Scotland just a few months ago. Bar humbug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no, uh, there's no great time in football management nowadays, Gordon. Uh, nothing surprises you, but... Unfortunately for Kamarnock, the manager's not worked out and he's left and it'll be rumours now who's going to take over and who's going to again. It's a good job, it's a good club. Steve Clark showed that they can go there and be successful. Uh, but all eyes will be in tomorrow night at Tynecastle, Hearts v Celtic. We're kicking off with that and then Rangers obviously going through to the capital on Friday night against Tips. 0141 That's the number you need to get in touch So don't hang about Get your calls in nice and early And let us know what's on your mind This is your chance to have your say On any of today's big talking points If you would rather tweet Then you can find us at Clyde SSB How important is this period that we are entering Roger Because for the first time one of the top two is going to have a genuine game in hand Celtic are going to play tomorrow um, We're used to one team playing And then the, the other one catching up a couple of hours later But we've now got a, we're going to have an imbalance In the number of games played And of course we're building towards The meeting of the sides on the 29th Yeah, and I, I think ordinarily Rangers might have liked To have got their game in hand Their, their game they will have left in hand Over and done with this week They couldn't play midweek Because they're playing on Friday night at Easter Road their game in hand is now going to be after the winter break. So there are all manner of scenarios. Neil Lennon spoke about it in the pre-match prior to the game at the weekend about the importance for Celtic of winning five consecutive league games. They win the first against the Burnley at the weekend. They've got a chance for number two at Tynecastle tomorrow night. And he said, if they win the five, then they're guaranteed a gap at the top of at least eight points going into the winter break, which is far more substantial than they had 12 months ago. Yeah, points is everything, Gordon. Uh, game in hand, yes, that's fine. But I'd rather have the points in the bag. But it's a big week because you look at Celtic tomorrow night. Everybody still, no matter how bad they're playing, describes Tynecastle very difficult place to go. Me personally, I don't think it is. I think Celtic will go through there and win comfortably. Uh, Aberdeen uh, on Saturday, Celtic Park. I've always said it. The only team for me, in my opinion, that can go to Celtic Park and get a result is Rangers. And that still is very difficult. So I think that it should be a good week for Celtic. And I think it should be a good week mm. for Rangers. And Without if, Morelis, I think they'll still beat us. If you listen to Mark Guidi, who's at Tynecastle for Super Scoreboard on Saturday, Tynecastle is a difficult place to go if you're a Hearts player. <laughs> because they've been absolutely... Or a neutral spectator. Yeah, they've been miserable at home this season. Daniel Stendhal got off to the worst possible start losing at home to St. Johnson. If they lose to Celtic tomorrow night, which I think everyone expects they will do, they're then going to Hamilton on Saturday. 
Bottom of the table What a six pointer that is for Christmas It's almost like you've read my mind Roger Hanna Because that's where I think we should kick off tonight And this one goes out to you Celtic fans and probably Rangers uh, Probably Hearts fans as well I should say Is Tyne Castle still considered a tough place to go? Now you might remember We had this discussion before Rangers went there A couple of months ago But the same now applies to you Celtic fans Do you think Tyne Castle is still a tough place to go? And if so why? Because Hearts form tells you That it's not really but history perhaps tells you That you can have some difficult nights there If you're not at your best So there's the question to get us up and running A big game tomorrow in the capital Celtic fans Do you still see Tynecastle as a tough place to go? Yes or no? 0141 951 1025 Not for me I've got to say And I've been there many times Playing at Tynecastle Years gone by Gordon And we used to pitch up there and think Yeah this is going to be a real battle This is going to be a real difficult 90 minutes I just look at Hearts just now I think there's uh, Absolute shambles uh, All over the place Not just on the pitch Off the pitch mm-hmm. as well And I think Celtic Playing the way they're playing Will go through there uh, uh, Look They won't go through there And play in second gear And, and win the game They've got to up their game And Celtic will do that uh, And I think they'll have too much Like I mentioned Roger I'm making no secret of this We asked the same question To the Rangers fans A couple of months ago And the pundits Were Quite split on it as well Talking about form not mattering Because it's one of those stadiums The crowd will get up It's a tight pitch It'll be a big atmosphere And it will be difficult for Rangers You may well remember Rangers did drop points Yeah Are Hearts even in a more difficult place now than then? Undoubtedly, yeah They're bottom of the league They're only above Hamilton on goal difference Um, They look completely devoid of any confidence Any belief Um they will not be looking forward to Celtic rolling up there tomorrow night. They will not be looking forward to going to that plastic pitch at Hamilton on Saturday. And it was interesting. I heard Daniel Stendel's pre-match interviews on television earlier on today. He's already talking about the winter break. For Hearts, there are four more games ahead of the winter break. Celtic, Hamilton, and a, sorry, three more games. And then the small matter of the Edinburgh Derby. Yeah. So there's a lot of football to be played before Daniel Stendhal can start making the changes that he wants to make. Celtic fans, there is no right or wrong answer. We're just looking for your opinion. Do you still see Tynecastle as a tough place to go? Yes or no? 0141-951-1025. Despite having the chance to go five points clear tomorrow, Scott Brown says it's just about the performance, not the table. He says it is a tricky match to prepare for because Daniel Stendhal is new into the job. It's going to be different for us. I think they've got a change of manager and a try play before... Uh, a little bit more shape and a bit high press as well so it's going to be a different kind of game for us as well and they've been pressing quite high up the park and putting teams under pressure well putting St Johnson under pressure there so I think that's what their new manager is looking to do yeah it's difficult for us to analyse that to be fair and to see how we're going to play against that but it's only one game in we need to go out and play our game worry about how we're going to react how we're going to chase the ball how we're going to close it down how we're going to Playing shape and how we're going to kind of press them as well. But the more important thing is it's about us getting on the ball and playing our style. The main thing for us is to win the game, to play well and to entertain the fans. And we're not too worried about going five points clear as it stands. And now we need to make sure after 90 minutes we've we've done that. 0141-951-1025 on the phones. Twitter is at Clyde SSB. Scott is first up tonight. Scott's a Celtic fan. Do you still see Tynecastle as a tough place to go, Scott? I can assure you Tynecastle will always a hard place to go I'm, I'm lucky enough to be going tomorrow night uh, Once I find my way through the traffic uh, um, <laughs> You've left early uh, Scott uh, uh, I need to leave I think I'll be leaving at this time I need to leave uh, Tomorrow night I'll know about the back of five So I'll be horrendous But hey well, 
that's why you go to football, and that's 10 Castles, a great game, great atmosphere, always has been. Um, even going back to the days when it was in the old terrace behind the goal, um, when you threw about spongy cushions. Um, but it's, uh, for Celtic, I'm, uh, it's one of the ones for Celtic. We, every game we play, teams raise their game. Um, and whether they're playing poorly or they're playing well, we still raise their game even more. And bear in mind, this, it's the same sort of hub squad that beats 4 nothing. It took the, big, uh, the record away from us. Um, so, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game. It'll be a great game of football. Always is under the lights. But, yeah. I, I've, Livingston have already beat us. We've struggled at Hamilton. We've struggled at Hibs. Oh, every away game's difficult. It doesn't matter who you're playing. They're all difficult. Because it is their game. And that, that's that. But, Tin Castle is a hard place to go. But the atmosphere's great. Yeah, uh, Scott, Scott, see when you're saying there, uh, you know, that you're looking forward to now, everybody looks at Hearts, Tynecastle. Oh, is it going to be a real tough place to go? You think if you're a Celtic player, I would rather go tomorrow night, midweek, to Tynecastle, packed house, great atmosphere, pitch there, good. Celtic, the way they're playing, the week they've had, coming off one in the cup, um, obviously uh, uh, qualifying for the last 32, uh, one in against Hibs at home. I think the Celtic players will be looking forward to going through. Scott mm. Brown was talking there just quickly, Gordon, about, well, Hearts have changed if they go and play a high press. If Hearts go and play a high press tomorrow against Celtic, they will get absolutely thrashed. But hold on a second. You earlier on said you don't consider Tynecastle as a tough place to go, and your main justification for that is their home form, which is mm. understandable. Yeah. But what about Scott's argument that teams and Hearts, very much one of them, Quite simply, like it or not, raise their game on occasions like this. Of course, with the atmosphere and everything, but I just think Hearts are all over the place just now. They've got a new manager. It it, it just doesn't happen. The confidence is as low as a snake's belly just now. Must be Gordon. They've just lost to St Johnston. I watched the highlights. I thought they were dreadful against St Johnston. It'll take time. I'm not judging this new manager because I'm a great believer. Give someone time to get their own ideas over. But I think he needs a January window. I think he needs to settle into the club, see the club. Yeah, you can go in there and say, do you know what, I'm going to change the style of football. But then mm. you look at the players and think, oh, well, I've not got that. the players to, to yes. play the way I want to play. I think that's where the problem is. And I get back to it. If you're a Celtic player on the high you're on just now, I would rather, and Scott said there about, well, Livingston, I would rather go to Tynecastle tomorrow night than go to Livingston there. Yeah. And listen, Scott made valid points, but when Celtic lost at Livingston that Sunday, Livingston did raise their game. Livingston played as well as they've played at any time this season. Celtic were as poor as they've been at any time this season. The only way Hearts are going to get anything tomorrow night is if they play better than they've played at any stage this season. And let me tell you, there's no sign that's, that's going to happen. And Celtic are as bad as they were at Livingston. Of course you can. Um, just you just said something there, Roger. Um, when Livingston beat us, and this is a crazy thing. Livingston beat us, and then didn't win again for about last seven games. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. That's right. how much these teams. That's how much teams raise raise their games against either side of the old firm. Um, it's one. It's one. They want to a very heavy period just now. With the, obviously with the, the European ties as well, the cups games being played so close together. Plus we play that extra game. Obviously, Wednesday night is the extra game this week. Um, I just think it's, it's one of the ones where, what if Hearts got to lose tomorrow night? Realistically, do they expect mm. to take anything for the game? Probably not. So they could get into the game tomorrow night. No shackles, no chains, no nothing. Daniel Stendhal, well, I, mean, I don't know what type of football he plays, but Bristol's, the, the Bristol fans, seem, the Barnsley fans seem to like him. And we're quite 
See for me I think you're concentrating Too much on hearts Right I think the most important thing is Celtic are on such a high You're looking at the games As a player You would much rather play In the big Sort of a pressure games that, oh, Everybody talks about hearts Is a really difficult Tyne Castle Really difficult place to go If you look at our leagues just now I would much rather tomorrow night under a floodlights, the way they're playing, full house, go to Tyne Castle rather than go to a Livingston or a St Johnston or teams like that. I mean, Scott makes the point that he believes the heart squad is not too dissimilar from the one which beat Celtic 4 0. It, it is quite, yeah, there, there, I, are, I, there are a lot I, I, of differences. If you, if you compare the two teams, I think only Christoph Bear and Michael Smith mm. are. are Still there from the team With that, that in mind though With that in mind Gordon suggested earlier That if Hearts Try and press Celtic They'll get ripped apart But that's actually What they did that day That's how they won that yeah, game They got right in Celtic's face And Celtic didn't live with it You're 100% right But they don't have the players To do that now That's part of the issue That Daniel Stendhal Is going to encounter That he liked A high energy Pressing game at Barnsley With the best one in the world Christoph Berra at 30 something Glenn Whelan at 35 or 36 Stephen McLean at 37 or 38 That's not their bag Roger you, you see know, a you, team that, that What was their record Winning away from home St Johnson Ridiculous yeah, They had right? one for a year And then Hearts, Hearts have yeah. won One home right. league game since March Hearts so. under a new yeah. manager Under a new manager Played the high press And put their Their, their, their back four up the pit. They get absolutely torn apart With St Johnston Yeah and St Johnston are Joey Average oh. You go against the Forest yeah, again, that, again, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing as such But you aren't factoring in Scott's argument About the occasion and about the raising of the game Hearts aren't I, going to I, raise I, their I, game I, I For the think, visit of St Johnston I don't think this Hearts team can raise their game Gordon I don't think they are good enough to raise their game Daniel What's Stendhal, changed since the, the game when Rangers went to Tynecastle then? Do you not think they raised I, their game that day? That for me was the sl- slight exception They started bright Machino scored right At the, the, the start of the game And then Rangers Getting top Rangers equalised Rangers should have won The game that day So the fact they escaped With a 1-1 draw and Believe me That's one of their Better results at Tynecastle Because They lost at home mm. To St Johnson I saw them lose at home To Motherwell I saw them draw at home To Hamilton Ackes they, They've been poor They really have um, The Rangers When they scored five Against St Mirren But they're only two Decent performances at home I, I, honestly, I can see no evidence That they'll take anything off Celtic tomorrow Good call Scott, that kicked us off nicely Let's move on to Archie, who's also a Celtic fan Archie, do you consider Tynecastle still to be a tough place to go? God, these two guys beside you are talking complete nonsense Ooh, Honestly Not for the first time I, I remember, I remember Roger This is the words you said Roger This is what you said Rangers will go tomorrow to Tynecastle And win comfortably it was one each and, Hart, and Roger by the way Hart should have won the game Not Rangers Hart's must have sat up The guy headed it From two yards over the crossbar What I will say Celtic had to take Every single game And respect every team Because that's why Those managers get sacked Right left and centre In the SPL Every place is hard Doesn't matter if you're The team at the bottom It's still hard for you Because And to say these teams Can't waste their game What kind of fit What you've been watching For years Of course players can waste their game When champions come to town Every team wants to beat them. It doesn't matter if you're at the bottom of the league. Uh, Every single team wants to beat the champions of Scotland. Uh, Archie, I tend to agree with you, but Gordon and, and Scott previously were just referencing that 4-0 game when Brendan Rodgers' team were finally beaten and they were talking about pressing high. But compare the teams. That day, Hearts, Harry Cochran played and he actually scored a goal. They had Ross Callaghan, they had the lad Malinkovic, they had Prince Bowman. 
they had a lot of energy Kyle you Lafferty know, Lafferty played up top Leading the press if you like They had energy in the full back areas they, they were actually built By Craig Levine To press Celtic high up the park that day If you look at the personnel now The team that Stendhal played against St Johnson at the weekend Glenn Whelan Oliver Bozanich Sean Clare in there there's, there's not the same legs There's not the same dynamism By the way Good footballers Neat and tidy on the ball But together they're not built to press Celtic Now they could maybe raise their game Football as you say is a funny game Celtic could have an off night There could be one goes in off Christopher Julian's backside for an own goal And Hearts win 1-0 That's the beauty of the game You never know what can happen But I'll say it again I see no evidence from Hearts That they're going to give Celtic a scare tomorrow You want to come back Archie? Yeah of course we should be able to beat Hearts I mean, if I haven't said the top of the league, of course we should beat Hearts, and we will beat them. In fact, we will beat them there, and I'll say we will beat them. But there's no given games. You're saying it's going to be easy, and Hearts are not, there's no signs there. It's not going to be easy. I've been to Celtic Park this season, and we've struggled to win some games against lower-ranked teams. So there's no Celtic's not got any right to beat anybody in this league. Actually, nobody, no said, nobody used the word easy. Wouldn't use the word easy. I, I just think that because of the situation with Hearts, I think they're all over the place as a football club. That affects players sometimes. Yeah, it'll be great for them tomorrow night to get out there and play against a team that's top of the league, team that's just won the League Cup, Celtic are coming to town. What about that, you know, the different pressure? Because you, we've heard it referred to as a free hit. I don't know if it ever is such a thing, but it's as close as you're going to get because I don't detect much optimism or many people giving Hearts a chance. No, well, you said that. But I heard the... Uh, Stevie Robinson coming out and saying that as well Everybody says Motherwell free hit uh, It's okay to say that Gordon You've got to go out and perform Motherwell played the bit Look at the form Motherwell were in before Rangers Rangers come to town Got to say very comfortable to beat Motherwell I know what they're saying about years going by But I just think that What you're missing the point is This is one of the most important Celtic are going to be up for a game tomorrow Think of their players Think of the high they're on so if Celtic play at their capabilities, the new manager for me has not got time enough to get his own, you know, thoughts over and his own ways or tactics. I just think Celtic are on such a high, the week they've had, under the floodlights at Tynecastle, great atmosphere. I think they'll have too much for Thank them. you very much to Archie in the South Side. Just one of the questions to kick us off. Do you still consider Tynecastle a tough place to go? We're going to get some travel with Amber and then we're going to hear from the Rangers captain, James Tavernier. He's coming up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna and Gordon DL here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kilmarnock fans, around seven o'clock, we'll get stuck right into your managerial situation because it's a huge day at Rugby Park. Angelo Alessio sacked already, only arrived in the summer. I think you'll agree it's been quite the roller coaster since then And he's now been relieved of his duties So get the calls in We'll deal with that a bit later on in the show In the meantime um, I don't know if this crossed your radar today Roger You appear to be off duty from the Scottish Sun at the moment Because you're wearing what the kids would refer to as a hoodie Mm. I don't see you very often in your your casual gear Does this mean it's Mm. annual leave, Christmas shopping time? That's exactly what I borrowed a hoodie from Hugh Keevans It's one of his selection of hoodies Uh, But it's on a serious note So there's an article on the UEFA website today It says Alfredo Morelos of Rangers A new European goals record And it mentions the fact that I think he's the first player To score 14 goals before Christmas in European yeah. competition I think is the all-time record 18 by Radamel Falcao 
For one season So you wouldn't rule that out Would you? Be mm. dangerous to rule that out yeah. There's a few Listen there's loads of things to, The draw yesterday As you were saying in the show With you and Alec Ray last night It is a decent draw For both teams They will both fancy their chances Of getting through to the last 16 And I think in coefficient terms If I can bore you for a minute Gordon Of the four games against Braga and Copenhagen Or even beyond there I think one win and one draw Between Celtic and Rangers Would be sufficient to guarantee Scotland A top 15 place In the UEFA Mm. coefficients And then the knock on of that Is come season 2021 Two teams in the Champions League qualifier We could even be targeting 13th Which would see our champions Enter the Champions League At the Playoff round yeah. So one mm. quality you know, So there's a lot to look forward to In that respect Gordon I get all the The counterpoints on this People would say Ah but some of those other players Haven't had all the qualifying rounds That Alfredo Morelos has had But, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the point as well Because teams and players Who enter the first round of qualifying Simply aren't meant to go this far And aren't meant to score that many goals So you can't really take it away from him The, the fact remains He's the first player to score 14 goals In the Europa League Before Christmas That's mm. Yeah, I think I think you're right in what you said there, Gordon. You can't take it away from him. Um, you know, he's a goal scorer. Yes, there'll be the usual arguments. Doesn't score against Celtic, but the lad, I, I watched him on Sunday. I do think he's a terrific striker. I've really got to say that. Um, but he knows where the back end it is. And well done to him. 14 goals before Christmas. Roger's saying, can he do the 18? Well, you wouldn't put it by him. It'll be difficult. I'm not saying he will, but you won't put it by him because the one thing he's not shy in is having a go at goals. We watched that on Sunday against Motherwell at Fur Park. Every time he gets a ball in the box, no matter where he is, he has a shot at goals. You have a shot at goals, you've got a great chance of scoring goals. That's why he's such a good goal scorer. And can you imagine over in Colombia tonight in Bogota's version of Clyde's super scoreboard? That will be the debate, won't it? You know, whether Colombia's. Alfredo Morelos is about to take the record from Colombia's Radamel Falcao. There'll be, there'll be a sports journalist from Colombia there and sitting with Carlos Valderrama. That'll be you, Dan. <laughs> what, what would the Colombian version of Hugh Keevens be? Oh, That's what I want to know. Can you imagine? Uh, I don't want to. Actually, Willie's in Easterhouse. What's on your mind tonight, Willie? Hi, Gordon. You, you just told me in there, Alfredo Morelos has gone 14 goals in Europe. It's some kind of record, for a, especially for a guy in Scotland. As you say, all his qualifying rounds. You've got to play others in front of you. Score yeah. goals. Whoever's in front of you, you've got to score goals. Or you wouldn't get this far. Yeah, that's it, Roger. That's the thing. Not, m- not me, not anyone else. No one is pretending that these have all been in the group stage. Of course they've been in, in qualifying. But that route to score qualification goals and then score them in the group, that, that's open to... Loads yeah. of players who enter at that stage. It doesn't seem to bother the good people of UEFA who are putting out these statistics today. They're quite happy to, to credit Alfredo Morelos with his 14 goals, whoever they were scored against, whenever they were scored. And the fact is, it's still a live figure that he can build on against Braga in the new year. I think that, um, I think Willie's right. 14 goals. You're right, Gordon, about qualifying. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who you're playing in front of. The hardest thing in the game is to put the ball in the back of it. It really is And um, I've got to say The boy knows where the back end is So I congratulate anybody that scores goals No matter what Or who they're playing against Because it is one of the hardest things to do in the game And I know what you said Earlier on the show About going to Easter Road on Friday night without him And you said Rangers would win with Jermaine Defoe up front I think Rangers will miss him I think Morelos has become more and more important to Rangers As this season's gone on Think of the amount of efforts he had on target at Fur Park at the weekend, how important he is. He leads the line, 
guilty of gross negligence to be sent off at Fir Park and will miss this game and I think Rangers will miss him What do you think Willie how much will he be missed or have you got well, an able deputy very much so very much so I, I don't think no, see, he's not scored against Celtic I mean that last time that goalkeeper see, if, it was, if it was a goal ball the keeper would have kept that one out the goalkeeper was phenomenal that day <laughs> no same well as missed the goalkeeper saved that it's his job to save it well, it's, it's a pizza ball misses it but the goalkeeper saved it mm. the penalty, even the penalty kick he saved it. Merrill didn't miss it. He saved it. If Merrill's hit the post, he's missed it. But as a goalkeeper saves it, it's a save. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you get all, all sorts of speculation after a game of that magnitude and people, you know, will, will it affect Morelos? How, how will it affect him going forward? Will he scores in Europe and scores in the league? So it doesn't appear to have had any instant impact, of course. The question will always be there until such times as he does it in that fixture. But if you were looking for any immediate signs of a dip in confidence, it's just no, simply not happening. He's not that kind of player, Gordon. Um, and I think if you watch him on Thursday night, he gets an opportunity before he scores a goal, and an opportunity that I thought he should have scored. He doesn't, but he keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. That's the only negative you can say about this guy for me. Uh, now, I'm not just judging this on the cup final. I've watched him in old firm games. And he's had chance after chance after chance. But for some reason, against Celtic, he just can't put the ball in the back of it. Well, James Tavernier says they've got enough quality in Jermaine Defoe and Greg Stewart to cope without Morelos at Easter Roads. He's confident they can take on anyone when they're at the top of their game. We're actually getting a, um, a day extra recovery um, with the game being Friday, but we, we, we had to deal with it last season with the, the European games, um, you know, Sunday to Thursdays all the time, but it's just... You know, we've got a great team um, behind the scenes uh, with our fitness team and doctors and physios where, you know, they look after us with our nutrition and, um, you know, and recovery. And so that is key to in between games. And it's, then obviously you've got to try and get the information, the tactical side off the, the gaffer and his team. And we've, we've been taking that. So, you know, we've been... I've been really happy with what we've been doing this season. If we we play um, towards our best, you know we'll go to toe with anybody. So I have full faith in the boys and everything that we do. It's obviously disappointing that Alfredo's been suspended, um, but we have we have Jermaine to 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 fill the slot. Oh, you know we've got Greg Stewart, so we've got a great depth and great quality and depth in the squad to to rotate the team. Um, I think the last time I remember going there in a nighttime game, it was a tough game um, at Easter Road. So we've just got to apply ourselves right and be fully focused in the game in hand. And you know, when when the game comes, we've got to you know try and take three points and win the game. Is James Tavernier mentioning Greg Stewart because he's a realistic option of playing in that position, or is it just being sort of polite to your teammates and? Including them in that bracket. Um, the way I've been receiving the feedback on the Twitter or on the show is that you know the full plays and there's no doubt yeah, about that. Well, the full play instead of Morelos. Um, Greg Stewart may have a chance of playing. Um, Stephen Gerrard hasn't shuffled his pack as much in the last few games as Neil Lennon has across the city. It's been Kamara, Jack, Arfield, Aribo, Kent, Morelos. So there's been a lot of football in those guys' legs. So Morelos is out. The four will come in, but Greg Stewart is an option. Could Greg Stewart play instead of perhaps Arfield, perhaps Aribo come the weekend just to you know give the Hibs defence something different to think about? Um, I don't think so because I think that just looking at the Rangers manager, I think what he's doing, Gordon, is he's saying to his players, Go out and do the business for me, and you keep the jersey. 
Because I think even at Motherwell I'm looking saying well he's had the cup final Thursday night Big games Will he, will he freshen it up? I think he just believes And I think Tavernier's right there I think he believes in the fitness of the players I think he believes in his, his staff That get his players prepared for games um, I don't think Unless there's an injury or a suspension I don't think he's going to change it Roger I think he's quite happy with his players The way they're playing Their attitude They're winning games So He's maybe one of his managers Just now looking at it And thinking I don't really need to change much I thought they were good On Sunday You, you, you spoke at the top of the show About Tinkers have been a tough place to go Fur Park For me Is a tougher place to go this season The results Motherwell had had You know Rangers went there Off the back of Motherwell Having three straight wins And three straight clean sheets mm-hmm. and, and the Rangers dominated the game and see, one, with, see, one by, with a bit to spare Yeah but my thing on Sunday Roger was And this is what, what you're saying about Rotating the squad because of You know had big games You look at Rangers on Sunday Their pressing in mother, against yeah. Motherwell was absolutely brilliant So it doesn't look to me as A, a guy that's watching football think Well oh, Rangers look tired They don't Better with Cartage in the team The <sighs> uh, jury's still out for me I think so it plays as he showed at the weekend But He's still a young player learning the game. A couple of times he goes, he goes for balls that an experienced centre half doesn't go for and doesn't take his sell out position, but he's certainly a threat. 0141 is the number you need. If you want to tweet, you can find us at Clyde SSB. John is in Paisley. He's on the line. Hi, John. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Roger. Hi, John. Good evening. Gordon, how you doing? Hi, John. What about Super Don Robertson? No, I mean, come on now, Gordon. You had a game on Sunday. Is he no diabolical or is he no diabolical? John, I wasn't at the game, I was in here. Were you, not? Were you not listening? No, I wasn't listening, but you know there, but... Well, you, you, watch, you watched you it watch closely. It? Yeah, I watched the did game, you watch yeah. Was yeah. he no diabolical? Uh, I thought the penalty kick was uh, a mistake, yes. I've got to say that. I thought he called that totally wrong. Um, I looked at his yellow cards, John. I, I, there's not a lot that I can argue against him with that. We don't know what happened in the tunnel. We have no idea, so it's very hard to comment on that. But the rest of it, I thought, you know, apart from a penalty kick, it was a penalty Everybody knows it was a penalty kick. You'll probably look back at it and think, how did I miss that? Right, well, listen, I was watching the game, right? And honestly, see if it worked for the first five, ten minutes. You could put a bet your money if you sending somebody off. That's the way it looked. He, he, me personally, I think it was inconsistent. He was letting things go all day long. No, I mean, you... You can see what you see on the telly, right? Mm-hmm. I'm watching for every different angle and stuff that's going on. And honestly, he just, it lost the plot, especially at half time. He's going with fans shooting and balling, right? And he has no complaints about, by the way, so I'm not on him on about that. Mm-hmm. It's just his total inconsistency. But he's not the only one. All of them are like that. And they don't get held accountable for what they do. None of them get held accountable for what they do. And it seems to be week in and week out we're talking about referees. They are they, uh, Honestly they, they don't get held accountable Who do they answer to? They earn a thousand pound a week a game And They make decisions And you keep making excuses for them Week in and week out But they stand there as if I could say words But as if they look at me And that's the way I felt on Sunday It was just itching to send somebody off My so, memory is that the fee is not quite as yeah. high as that But I don't think it really matters John makes is, is making a more general point Don't mean to split hairs Roger What about the the overall feeling from John? Um, the overall feeling from John mirrors the overall feeling from Stephen Gerrard, I think, after the game. 
at the weekend. Um, difficult game for anyone to referee. I think lots of wee niggly things going on off the ball. There was a tunnel thing as well. Um, as John himself says, Marion Loss is his own worst enemy at a moment like that. You know, he deserved to be sent off. In terms of the overall thing and accountability, essentially they're accountable to the SFA. But we've reached almost the halfway stage of the season. I don't think there have been quite as many high profile refereeing gaffes. As we've seen in previous seasons There was one recently at Pataudry John Beaton Had to apologise to Stephen Gerrard for, for awarding the free kick When Morelos was actually fouled inside the box And that one didn't go for Rangers But I, I don't think, you know In previous seasons It seemed that, you know Three of us will be here on a Tuesday mm-hmm. night Still digesting chaos from refereeing decisions on a, on a Saturday or a Sunday I don't think we've seen that this season I don't know if that's coincidence, good fortune or whether there is a, a, an improvement in the general See, level of referee where I, where I argue with John's argument there And I think he's just going on Stephen Gerrard's bandwagon About, well, he was desperate to show somebody a red card If you look at the overall game There was a couple of challenges in there That people sat back and thought That should be a sending off So if he was desperate to show somebody yeah, a red the, card the, the Liam Donnelly one Yeah, yeah So if he's that desperate to show a red card Why does he not show it then when he could have Probably get a pat in the back And people go That was a right decision I don't think referees go out there Only my opinion John watches a game different He's at the game And he sees different angles And I totally understand all that But I think referees go out there And I don't think they have this in their mind of I want to reduce this to 11 v 10 Or 10 v 10 I think they see it They call it Do they get it wrong at times? Of course they do Everybody does M- More red cards than any other ref in the country I think yeah. John Robertson So you, you know that he probably refereed Sunday's game the way he referees games every single week. It's just, you know, it's maybe Don Robertson referees games in a more strict manner than a Willie Collum or a John Beaton or a Bobby Madden. You know, you need to see the stats to see, but certainly the stats would suggest mm. that to be the case. The problem with that stat is that that doesn't leave any room whatsoever to identify whether those reds have been justified yeah, or not. So it, p- it proves. Absolutely. Next to nothing. Anyway, thank you very much, John and Paisley. 01419511025. This is the perfect time to get your call in because we're going to get some travel with Amber and then we could be speaking to you next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna joining me tonight And alongside him is Andy Murray Not only are you wearing Under Armour tonight Gordon DL You're getting the hip resurfaced Breaking news yeah, On break the it, show tonight Breaking news You're going uh, for the Andy Murray treatment This afternoon Gordon Yeah it's Come to that sort of a Time that the hip needs sorted I'm hobbling al- al- along My dancing days are behind me uh, So And the Christmas party's on tomorrow night So I'm a bit uh, disappointed with that But uh, I need to go and get an Andy And I don't know if there's a documentary Going to be made Are you it? just a be check for tomorrow Are you still able to do the slosh? Oh I'm in Don't you worry about that <laughs> Once a couple of glasses of champagne Hit me I'll be up now So, so genuinely floor. You've had the confirmation That it's a hit Because I know the listeners Have been really worried about you recently yeah. I've been getting so many messages And it's the resurfacing of the hip It's the resurfacing yes wow. I was in today A few x-rays And uh, that's the way I'll need to go Gordon But Listen, there's a way forward, there's a end of the tunnel type thing I'm, so. I'm actually already looking forward to Gordon getting into the hospital ward to interview you about like Jim White and Charles Green <laughs> Can you imagine the fly in the wall well, we'll documentary already, yeah, oh, which follows it? We've already seen the jammies and the dressing gown and the slippers the night he was yeah. round at your house so. That's it So um, do the show live from yours when li- that gets live, done? Live from the hospital bed, well listen Andy Murray, he got a documentary I don't know what Gordon Dale's going to get mm. but... Uh, 
As I say, I need to go and do it because my golfing days just now, my tennis and my cycling just now is putting the back burner. You do realise Judy won't come around and visit you the way she did with Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to actually phone him just to say, look, what's the advice from, yeah. from, from one top athlete uh, to another? Well, you know him and his brother and he admitted that he used to fight over a sticker for me. So. Jamie was in, that's right. Yeah, yeah so he was. He yeah. was in the studio here. Yeah. I'm just glad that he said it was his dancing days that were over. I think that <laughs> we all breathed a sigh of relief uh, when you mentioned that one. 01419511025 on the lines at Clyde SSB. On Twitter Let's speak to Frank Who's a Celtic fan From Kilmarnock Hi Frank Evening Gordon Evening Gordon And Roger Hope you're well guys Hello. Evening Thank you Frank um, Just Going back to the other part of the show um, My first point If I can mm-hmm. Back in And Morelos as well um, The only thing That'll beat Celtic Tomorrow night Is Celtic um, I firmly believe that If Celtic turn up Play to their highest capability There's only one winner And I think You're talking about At least two or three goals Tomorrow night Time cast on in half are in total disarray. I agree with the guys. Yeah, they've got a new manager. He's going to take time to get his system and his personnel in place. I mean, I, I watched the highlights of the uh, Hearts St. Johnston game the other day, and St. Johnston are no great shakes, and St. Johnston played them off the park. Um, if Celtic turn up, Christie's back in the team, Edward's on his A game, I can see Celtic winning by two, three goals minimum. Um, I don't think the gap's ever been as big as what it is between Hearts and in Celtic in my living memory and I'm I'm forty four, you know what I mean? And um the Hamilton man just said that the gap between Celtic and Rangers and the rest of the league has never been as big and I firmly believe tomorrow night if Celtic come up unlike they did at Livingston and unlike they did at Hibs, so that's what I'm saying. Um when you're on your off game, these teams are, who up their game have got a chance against you. So Celtic come up, sure they're a game, but there's only one winner in my um, in my case, uh, yeah, and listen, Frank, that's what I was saying at the top of the show. And I don't think Hearts need to worry too much about taking anything off Celtic tomorrow night. Hearts need to worry about getting themselves out of this relegation tussle. I said in the show when I saw them two or three weeks ago, I think it was down at Kilmarnock when they get beaten. This is a relegation fight for Hearts. There's, there's no messing about anymore. You know, we could say Hearts should be third or fourth or fifth or sixth. They're not. They're in a relegation battle. And they seem to be getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Into it And that's all Daniel Stendhal Needs to worry about For this season If he can get Hearts To 10th In the Premiership By the end of the season And keep them up Then he can build again For next summer But you know Name alone Isn't going to save Hearts They're in a relegation struggle Because they're one of the worst Two or three teams In this league Does your favourite Of the moment Go again tomorrow Young Jeremy That's that's my only worry If he doesn't get Man of the match I'll be having a word with him uh, oh, he's a certainty to go, Gordon. He's uh, just the boy's full energy. He'll love going to places like Tynecastle. He's just he's he's playing with so much confidence. Gets a goal at the weekend. I I, I just feel very proud that uh, actually I think I'm taking all the praise. I think <laughs> I found him. Is that why when I come in you were whistling from Pong Merley and High? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's the Man City connection. When, like, yeah. when Fraser Wishart hands out his big baubles. At the end of the season Jeremy Frimpong's going to be Young player of the year Isn't he? He's going to be the PFA Scotland Young player That's of the, the year That's the earliest shout We've ever had on this show Roger Hart uh, uh, Well listen You can play this audio <laughs> back Wow Tuesday December 17th Even Hugh Keevans Hasn't gone for a prediction back That in May. Frimpong will Oh be my goodness Frank What do you think? Um, I think the guys are right Frimpong He just absolutely He brings up Your um, experience When you're in the stadium He's just so attacking He's, um, he's a joy to watch He's probably I actually think he's better further up the pitch than what he is in defence, yeah. Um, time may tell that he ends up playing a bit further up on the right flank. Um, 
So just to come to my, my second point, um, uh, listen, guys, I'm not knocking Alfredo Morelos in any way. His goal scoring record this season is fantastic overall, but I'm sure Roger, the stat man, will know this one. In the SPL, um, if you compare the two guys, which a lot of people tend to do, um, Edward and Morelos, um, Morelos has started 16 games, scored 11 league goals, and assisted in one. Um, I don't know if you're aware, Edward's only started 13, scored 11 goals, and assisted in four. Um, there's an interesting stat for you when people go to compare them. Um, yes, in the Europa League, the, the guy, um, the yeah, for stats are startling, 14 goals. But when you look at head for head against the similar teams, um, I'm not many people would know it. Edward's actually ahead there. Yeah, you can you can look all the stats in the world. I I, I think Frank, honestly, in my opinion, I think they're two top class centre forwards, and they're so important to their teams. Now. You can have this debate till next year if you want. Who's the better? Edward Morelos. People say Morelos. People say Edward. I just think they're two top-class centre-forwards that are so important to their teams, winning games. And I think that, you know, Morelos for me has changed so much. I think he's such a striker. Edward's got everything in his locker as well. It's very hard to split them. And you, you can come and say, well, Edward scored against Rangers, Morelis hasn't. You can come out with all the stats you want, Gordon. The bottom line is simple. They are two quality centre-forwards. And, and their two teams are nearly as effective without them. You saw that in the first 50 or 60 minutes of the League Cup final when before Celtic sent on Edward. Not nearly as good a team without them. Rangers without Morelos... Don't carry as big a, a goal-scoring threat Yes, Jermaine Defoe is a good player He's not as big a scoring threat as Morelos He just isn't So the two teams miss him It's funny, I was watching Crystal Palace versus Brighton last oh, night Oh, what about English, Zaha's goal? Yeah, well, a terrific goal by Zaha But you, you, you watch English Premier League And the two teams aren't exactly scrapping down at the bottom Kind of middle-of-the-table teams Those two teams would have been enhanced By Hudson Edward and Alfredo Morelos mm. they're, they're better than anything Crystal Palace or Brighton have got up front Without doubt and you yeah. can say that for a lot of English Premier League teams Well actually Mark Greedy made a similar point in the show a few weeks ago He had been down watching Aston Villa He spoke about Wesley I think it was Who was mm-hmm. leading the line for Aston Villa And he says undeniably Edward Omarelos would, would go yeah. in and do a better job um, Spoke to one of Wesley's teammates Might not have to join up the dots too mm-hmm. much to figure out who that was And uh, let's just say he didn't necessarily disagree um, So I think there there is a realisation there that these guys could cut it that level. I have no doubt whatsoever. Uh, both of them can go to England and uh, be top players. I've no doubt. I just think they've got so much ability, Gordon. You, you, I think you, they're young enough. You're looking at the Villa team that's going in this yellow bar. Wesley's in the bench for Villa, just next to John McGinn. Oh, is he? I don't yeah. know then. Yeah, yeah, John on the bench. Uh, Frank, final word to you. Um, listen, I don't disagree about that. Um, Gordon was saying that. They're both um, top goal scorers, top players. They are the guys that make a difference for both teams. I don't feel like any of that. Um, um, my, my only fear for Celtic is we currently don't have a backup um, as potent as Defoe is. Um, just now we've got Griffiths coming back to form, hopefully. Um, I think once he gets the, the monkey off his back and gets a goal, it'll do him the world of good. But um, I think we're in for a, a phenomenal last six months of Scottish football and well may it last. Certainly hope you're right, Frank and Kilmarnock. Thank you very much for the call. It takes us up nicely to time for this. 
Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. It's time for Beat the Pundit. Roger Hanna and Gordon Deal are both standing by. If you want to take them on tonight and try and beat the pundit, now is the time to call. It's 0141 951 1025. Uh, very simple. You come on here, you try and answer more questions. Right than Roger or Gordon And you win a sign ball At the end of it After that We'll look at Angelo Alessio's signing So get uh, Signing? Sacking I should say Angelo Alessio's sacking So if you're a Kilmarnock fan Or an interested spectator On that subject Get your calls into us But beat the pundits Coming up after the news Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The form team for compensation For more than 40 years Talk to Thompson's.com Roger Hanna and Gordon DL Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Just to quickly recap We were looking ahead To Celtic's trip to Tynecastle Looking at that new UEFA goals record Set by Alfredo Morelos And we're going to turn our attentions To Kilmarnock Huge day down at Rugby Park Angelo Alessio Sacked already whether you think it's right or wrong I think we can all agree It was a bit of a shock No one really saw it coming today So give us a call Let us know what you think 01419511025 And we'll do that next Beat the Pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football It is Beat the Pundit time Roger minus one Hannah Or Gordon DL One of them will be taking on Chris from Annie's Land How are you tonight Chris? How you doing, gents? Alright? Yeah, not too bad. you ever played before, Chris? I've never played before, no. Oh, it's my right. first time on. Uh, I've owned a few times, so finally too. There we go. Well, let's see if it's uh, a lucky one for you. You'll either be up against Roger or Gordon. If it's heads, it is Roger. And if it's tails, <coughs> it will be Gordon DL. And it is heads. It's Roger minus one. Hannah oh, up luck, against Chris. Oh. From oof He says, oof Your <laughs> reputation precedes you, Roger. Right, let me give you some Clyde 2 to listen to. Right, he's given us the thumbs up, Chris. That means he can't hear us any longer. It's just you and I. You've got 30 seconds. Head to head with Roger. You can pass. Here is your chance to beat the pundit. You ready? Yep. Let's do it. Which Rangers player is on loan from Bournemouth? Jimmy What is the nickname of Montrose? Pass. Which stadium hosted the 2014 Challenge Cup final between Rangers and Wraith Rovers? Hamden. Which former Scotland striker was caretaker manager of Portsmouth on two occasions? Uh, pass. Who was a Kilmarnock manager before Stevie Clark? Uh, Alan, Alan Johnson. What country did Bolly Ball and Golly play in last season? Belgium. Okay, let's bring Roger back. Uh, Roger, can you hear us? I certainly can. Good. We're just getting a bit of read petite there in Clyde too. I didn't look to be too much wrong with Dale's hip there. It was swinging it about. Good, good song, right. uh, same set of questions to you, Roger. Are you ready? Yeah. Right, let's do it. Which Rangers player is on loan from Bournemouth? Jermaine Defoe. What is the nickname of Montrose? The Gable Endies. Which stadium hosted the 2014 Challenge Cup final between Rangers and Wraith Rovers? Easter Road. Which former Scotland striker was caretaker manager of Portsmouth on two occasions? George Orton. Who was the Kilmarnock manager before Stevie Clark? Lee McCulloch. What country did Bolly Ball and Golly play in last season? Austria. Which English team did Jamie Walker join from Hearts in 2018? Quickly. Wigan. What do you think, Chris? Giving yourself any chance? No, I've been done I can't believe I got the Rangers one wrong as well <laughs> I see to be fair Chris That's because you've tried to erase that one from your memory 
So I can understand that I, I was there working that day And there is no chance That you wanted to remember that one If you're a Rangers fan it is oh. true. Uh, it is true. Which Rangers players are on loan From Bournemouth Listen Chris You got off to a good start You got Jermaine Defoe um, It just went a wee bit downhill afterwards So Roger Hanna is minus one So he's He's still one behind you If you like You both got it right The nickname of Montrose Is the Gable Endies Roger equalises Roger then goes in front Because it was Easter Road Rangers and Wraith Rovers in 2014 You were thinking of the Peterhead one Chris That was at Hamden wasn't oh, it ah, There we go mm-hmm. uh, Which former Scotland striker Was caretaker manager of Portsmouth On two occasions It was Joe Jordan Brilliant. Roger got that one The Kelly manager before Stevie Clark Alan Johnson wasn't The worst guess in the world Chris But there were a few in between Lee McCulloch being the key one Ball and Golly played in Austria last season Jamie Walker moved to Wigan So that's one, two, three, four, five, six for Roger And a one for you Chris Even with That was with his minus one <coughs> Taken into account So he's a, he's a man at the top of his game That's a better than a donut boys eh? <laughs> Absolutely Just <laughs> Get DL next time if you're lucky Give us a call back I would have won that one as well Think so? Yeah yeah. The only one I didn't get was For some unknown Montrose Nickname I couldn't remember that. Gable Endies Yeah it's a tough one did you, did you see the story At the weekend About Montrose's only fan In Italy Come all the way Three Whatever many no. Miles it was All the way from Southern Italy He'd once played Montrose On the football manager Computer game Fallen in love with Montrose And finally made his first First ever journey To a game And they get beaten By the throwers you are joking no. I did not see that That's lo- outrageous lo- Lost the game Didn't even score a goal for him <laughs> the, the, the players got him a strap Out of the shop And sent him back Italy With a wee intro strap Oh my Right Kilmarnock fans Where are you? 01419511025 We had the news today Breaking news this afternoon That Angelo Alessio Has been sacked by Kilmarnock He came in the summer It was a real roller coaster ride It got off to a terrible start Against Connors Key It looked like he had steadied the ship Things were starting to look up There was even a manager of the month Award in there And now Just a week before Christmas He has paid the price He is gone Roger Hanna um, I spoke to him on Saturday night I was in Dingwall For Super Scoreboard um, His team lost A 93rd minute goal To Lee Erwin Former Kilmarnock striker um, They actually played well It was an entertaining game And Had the game gone 1-0 to Kilmarnock I don't think anyone Would really have quarrelled too much um, He spoke well after the game He spoke about his frustration um, said he thought his team merited at least a draw And I've, I've actually spoken to him quite often I, I saw him come from two down to get a point at Easter Road the other week I saw him beat, beating hearts um, Yes, a run of one win and eight isn't fantastic But if you look at a Premiership season, Gordon I would say 75% of the teams in the league will probably have a run like that But before last week, Ross County hadn't won in nine St Johnson had a terrible run Hearts in the middle of a terrible run um, Hibs They're a terrible run Cost Paul Haking Bottom his job All worse runs of results Than Angelo Alessio's had So for me There's something more at work Than just one win in eight For Billy Bowie to go In high summer From Colin Angelo Alessio The best manager in Scotland And then in October To say He's been delighted With the job he's done At Kilmarnock Suddenly On the 17th of December He's sacking the man Less than six months into a three-year deal there's, there's a piece of the jigsaw that we haven't seen yet We'll get stuck right into it, Gordon But just briefly Were you surprised? Were you surprised when yeah. you heard the news? Yeah, I couldn't believe it, Gordon I, um, I don't think it's uh, As Roger said about results They're sitting, what, fifth in the league? You would accept that You would accept that Especially after the job Stevie Clark 
had uh, achieved down there and you bring in a new manager didn't go off to the greatest start and we heard all rumours about you know he's training and people having to go and do extra training but then all of a sudden you're right manager a month picked up results sitting fifth in the league before Christmas something wrong there Gordon let's speak to Eric who's a Kilmarnock fan in Irvine what do you make of it today Eric big news alright guys how's it going yeah good thanks Um, yeah I was Really stunned this afternoon when I when I saw the news on my phone. Uh, first of all, I'd just like to say I wish the guy all the best in the future. I think, you know, kind of looking at what most Kelly fans have thought of it, you know, much of the same opinion that it's it's just not worked out, and you know they have quite a lot of sympathy for him. I think he was on a bit of a hiding to nothing after the Connors key result. I don't think he was ever going to fully recover from that, but you know, obviously he did quite a good job, and you know he got manager of the month at the end of the day. Uh, for October, I think it's clear as day, as the guys have just alluded to there, that there's been there's a, a fallout of some description that's gone on behind the scenes. I'm led to believe, like one of my pals texted me just before I came on on the phone to say that the media invites for their press conference ahead of the Motherwell game this weekend had been sent out one hour before he was sacked. Yeah, so, that's right. And his, his yeah. name was on it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like it just seems absolutely bizarre the timing of it. Obviously. <laughs> You know, there's three games until the winter break. You know, surely, you know, surely, he, in my opinion, he deserved like another transfer window to see who he could bring in. And, you know, in, in August, his hands kind of seem tied with transfers. Like, obviously, he lost so many good players from last season, like Malumbu, Backman, Boyd, Greg Stewart, Jordan Jones. The list goes on. Um, and I honestly think Steve Clark would have struggled with the squad we've got right now. I know the argument is that you know maybe Steve Clark would have had a better squad, but I think sadly this is just a case of player power is exceeds everything uh, in football these days, and it, it makes me a wee bit ashamed to be a Kelly fan today that the fact that you know this guy is coming into a foreign country, you know barely even spoke the language, and his English has improved a lot, um, but. Yeah, my question really is, could anybody who was linked with the job in the summer have done a better job than Alessio did under the current circumstances? I, I think if you're sitting... That's quite a strong language from, from Eric says it actually makes him a bit ashamed because he feels like the guy maybe hasn't been given a I can to- I can totally understand where he's coming from. Unfortunately, Gordon, uh, or fortunately, whatever way you want to look at it, I don't go and pay my money to watch Kilmarnock week in, week out. Uh, fans may come on here and say, well, the style of football, blah, blah, blah. But... If you're sitting a week before Christmas and you're Kilmarnock and you're sitting fifth in the league with 23 points and you've only been in the job since the summer, I I think that's an incredible decision. That's just, I don't think that's a football. I could be wrong. I don't think it's a football so, one. I think something I think, went I wrong. I think everyone agrees, let's be honest. Right, Kilmarnock ain't sacking their manager before Christmas and, because they're fifth. Listen, right. Eric, Eric's in the phone. There'll be more Kilmarnock supporters will phone in. When I saw them beat hearts when I saw them come from two down to get a point at Easter Road the Kilmarnock supporters were singing the man's name they, they were full square behind Angelo Alessio and that's only a couple of weeks ago 22 games what do we say now 7 wins 7 draws 8 defeats yeah. they're not 5 points adrift at the bottom of the league he's done a reasonable job for a new manager in the league There's, as Eric says no backman you can add in the names of Kurt Broadfoot and Greg Taylor two more that have gone Malumbu, Boyd, Stewart, Jones. There's been a a, a real turnover of personnel. If, if there. this if this is player power, Gordon, which we've well we hear all the rumours, of course we do. If this is player power, 
Then Kilmarnock Football Club Need to have a good look at themselves Why? What, what do you mean? Because I think that If you're bringing in a manager You've got to trust the manager Billy Bowie come out and says I've got the best manager in the league Well as the owner Or whatever you are And and obviously what the money he puts in Back your manager If players are turning around And moaning and whatever Then you mm. have to deal with that as a manager But the most important Just to play, devil's, just to play manager, devil's advocate though mm-hmm. If if your manager cannot, for whatever reason, if your manager cannot create an effective working environment, th- does the responsibility not also lie with him? See, if he's sitting bottom of the league, I would agree with you. He's sitting fifth in the league. Okay. So is that not and, creating a good uh, working environment and, well, well, and well, getting results? Well, there's clearly more to it. Well, we're and, separating the two, though. A good yeah. working environment and results are, are separate. What we'll say is Billy Bowie will not have done this easily because he's going to have to pay up the man's contract. Sure. He gave the man a three year deal at the end yeah. of June. He, you know, so it's not something he would have done lightly because it's going to hit him in the pocket. Eric, stay on the line. I'm going to bring in Jim, who's also a Kilmarnock fan in Rothsey. But Jim, I gather that you're a bit more well happy about this news than than Eric is. I am happy, uh, Gordon. Good evening, Roger. Good evening. Good evening. I just want to let me have my say and or points of view, and don't cut me off. Oh, sorry. Okay, no problem. Right, I'm a happy bunny. This was always in the cards. I mean, I'm 62 years a supporter. And I'll give you some of the reasons. He has lost the dressing room not once, but twice this season. Again last week. And my mole last week at Rugby Park said to me, this is what's going to there's something happening next week. The players are not playing for him. And you can see that the last four weeks. We've papered over the cracks the last two months. OK, we're fifth in the league. But all the teams we couldn't beat, we should have beat Hearts were the worst team I've seen at Rugby Park this season. And he, no, somebody said there, I think it was Roger, uh, brilliant the first 15 minutes. Yeah. And I'll give you Craig uh, Kip Broadfoot's comments as well. He was writing some of them. Yeah, well, Eric, how, how do you respond to what Jim had to say there, Eric? Jim feels like, and that's that great footballing phrase, isn't it? He lost the dressing room. What do you make of that, Eric? Is it accurate? And if so, where does the responsibility lie? I mean, as I, as I had said, like player power, uh, kind of reference that point of view. Uh, so I suppose I kind of agree to an extent. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't know what it is. Like you see it in previous managers as well, like Pedro Cachinha, for example. Like players in this country seem to be quite dismissive of change. And while I'm not saying it's all the players' fault, I really don't mean to sound like that. Um, you know there was a whole thing about his methods and everything about working on shape so much like you know the guy's coached at Chelsea Juventus in Italy like he clearly is a very good coach I think he maybe just comes down to his management skills which he didn't have previous experience of which you know at the end of the day you know it it is a a valid kind of point to make but I, I really think that Alex Dyer needs to get get the boys round we need to pick up a good result against Motherwell on Saturday. The players better be right up for it because at the end of the day, we could, you know, we're fifth, but you know, we could drop down to eighth if results go against us. And then we've got Rangers and St Moon. So I would like to see a massive response. And yeah, really, my overriding feeling is sympathy. But as I say, I will, as Roger said, you know, Although Kelly are probably in a better financial position now than they, they have been in the last few years, they're not exactly in a position to just sack, sack a manager with two and a half years left in his contract without seriously good reasons. And what, what, did, what, is, what is Billy 
Gents, what does Billy Bowie do next? Because Alessio, whether you like him or not, was a left field appointment. People didn't see that one coming. What does he do now? Does I didn't he give like it? Him when he came at first, he can hardly speak any English. He can't communicate with the players. It's a case of don't lose. Typical Italian, don't lose. I don't know why you've been in the matches, but some of the matches have been dire. I mean, dire to watch. It's a different the, the, the language barrier thing is difficult, Roger, because I don't think I don't think it's it's right at all to hold that against the guy who came in and clearly put a lot of effort in. His English had improved dramatically. Um, there are lots of examples of managers across the globe who go from one country to another and manage to get their methods across and make it successful. But at the same time, you can understand why, just on a basic communication level, you need you need to have. Some sort of understanding yeah, well, there Listen His English wasn't perfect But it's a lot better Than my Italian And And mine You know He brought in Massimo Donati To help him Get the message across To the players um, it, It's strange As I say I, I spoke to him On Saturday night There was absolutely No inkling On Saturday night That that defeat at Ross County Was going to be his last game In charge of Kilmarnock um, As I think it was Eric said There was A message went out To all the media An invitation went out To all the media to the pre-match press conference to preview the Motherwell game and you were invited along to speak to Angelo Alessio so clearly the staff at Kilmarnock could do that side of things knew nothing about this either something odd, unusual, bizarre, strange whatever word you want to use has happened at Rugby Park in, in the last 24, 48 hours it's cost Angelo Alessio his job and it'll be fascinating now to see where Billy Bowie goes What do you think about that Eric in terms of what's next? Yeah, I mean, as I'd said, Alex Dyer really needs to get the team going again, much like he did under Steve Clark. And as much as I really do like Alex Dyer, and he took a lot of credit for how well things went under Steve Clark, he probably, at the same time, needs to take a little bit of criticism for the way things have kind of panned out with Alessio. Um, obviously, a really bad start. And, you know, he was the one that was kind of meant to bridge the gap between the new man coming in and the, the current crop of players that were already there. Uh, but you know, I, I, I do think that would probably be the simple option to appoint him uh, on a on an interim basis, as he has been. And can I see what his credentials are? You know, the only thing I would say though is when people linked him with the job in the summer when Steve Clark left, he wasn't interested. So what's changed now, really? Think he'd be interested, Roger? I'm not convinced he would. Alec Dyer strikes me as um, a very capable coach, but he's never really struck me as one who has ambitions to. Stride out and be a manager Under his own steam um, Also I worry about teams who Have a caretaker manager And an interim manager in for any extended period of time Look at Austin McPhee at Hearts You know the Players want a bit of certainty in their lives They want to know who the boss is And I don't think the players Having worked with Alec Dyer now for, for two or three years They will regard Alec Dyer as you know, part coach, part friend, part confidant They won't regard Alec Dyer as the gaffer And I think Kilmarnock would be better to get in a gaffer Even if they have to wait until the winter breaks Only three games away You could, you could get through three games Maybe and, and, you know, and allow yourself that, that window in January to get somebody in But I think Kilmarnock need to get somebody in There clearly is a level of speculation here Because mm. there has to be You don't, we don't simply don't know the full story You don't yeah. know what goes on behind the dressing room door it is a fairly safe assumption That it's not just about results Like we said Because Kilmarnock are fifth Why would you sack the manager Before Christmas If you were sitting in fifth How then If you're Billy Bowie Do you 
Guarantee that the next guy is going to fit with the players and is going to fit, and and it's all going to work My out argument, in, in, in a way that Angelo Alessio didn't. My argument, well done, well said. And I'm just I'll asking. T- and I'll tell you another thing. Um, I hear uh, one of the lads on the phone saying they weren't playing for a manager. Now, to me, that's players cheating the supporters as well, because supporters are travelling all over the country, paying their money to say. Do you know what? We'll support you. We'll do everything whether you win or lose, but give us a. And again, though, again, on the devil's advocate thing, mm-hmm. that t- you're suggesting that guys aren't trying. Maybe they aren't receiving clear communication from a manager and therefore aren't able to carry it out no, in the way no, that they I would like to. I think the the supporters who go to the game turn around and says they're not playing for the manager. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is right, there not the, a difference? The, There's another difference. Are, there. Well, well when they're they're one manager trying. of the month, they, yeah. they could communicate. Jim, Jim was asking all of many, a sudden changed. Jim was asking how many games we've seen. I, I saw them beat hard. That, that first 20 minutes was as good a 20 minutes as I've seen from any team all season. I saw them at Easter Road. They were two down. They're not playing. They're not trying. They're not going to come back and get a 2 2 draw with a goal from Del Fabro in the last seconds of the game. And on Saturday at Dingwall. They were certainly trying And had it been Had even Brophy Had had a little bit more luck In front of goal The way Lee Irwin did At the other end Come on like, mm. Would have got at least a draw Possibly even a win so, so they're definitely Trying Maybe they weren't trying For a lesser They're trying for somebody Eric and Irvin Jim and Rossi Thank you very much For kicking us off tonight Any more Kilmarnock fans Let us know what you made of it Certainly is a big story In Scottish football today 01419511025 And we'll also give the guys A full time teaser next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Getting you full compensation Is their goal Talk to Thompson's.com Roger Hanna and Gordon DL here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We are looking for the thoughts of Yuko Marmock fans. Angelo Alessio sacked. We've had a bit of a mixed response on the phone so far. One fan saying he's ashamed uh, by the decision to sack Angelo Alessio, uh, but another one thinking it was the right decision. So a bit of a split in the camp so far. Why not come on and tell us what you think? 0141-951-1025. Twitter is at Clyde SSB. Before we do that though Let's get tonight's teaser up and running I like this one mm-hmm. It's not as quite as difficult As your um, Santa one last week Have you got over that yet? You weren't happy with it at all Were you? No it was poor Too difficult for you? Well f- For me Yeah On me This one's a bit easier I think I think Since 2003 Listen carefully Since yeah. 2003 11 players have played Over 40 More than 40 times For Celtic or Rangers Uh huh but more than half of their appearances have been as a sub. Oh, so this one is called one, really. this one is called Super Subs. Since 2003, 11 players have played more than 40 times for either Celtic or Rangers, but more than half of those appearances have been but as a before sub. Before you dive in, it's since 2003, so Fraser Wishart doesn't count. <laughs> oh no, I've got a cracker right away. Does he work in here sometimes? Just give me the name Craig Beatty Yes I hope he's listening He has He's a super sub He's one of them Is Tony Watt one? No No Come on Roger Join in I'm, I'm not on my own here What about another Gentleman that walks in here From Tate with Tate Andy Little No Callum Gallagher No Looking through, wow, there's a real mix within these, honestly. Morris like, Ross. No. Oh, David Healy. No. 
I'm glad I get Craig B. Yeah, it's a good show. I thought it was the start of things to come, but you've sort of gone a bit downhill well, since well, then. Well, yeah. If I'm being honest, I will have. I can't. I it's, can't. Um, there must be super subs. Super subs. Hamid Namuchi. No. Two thousand three. Okay, well, leave it. Just leave it bubbling away. You can help us out if you want on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Forty is a lot of games, isn't it? Yeah, that's the that's the thing that's worth bearing in mind. Forty is a lot of games. So since two thousand and three, eleven players have played more than forty times for either Celtic or Rangers. But more than half of those appearances have been as a sub. Guys like Craig Beatty. One last guess. Jermaine Defoe? Yes. Well done. Well done, mate. Jermaine Defoe and Craig Beatty so far. All right, we'll leave it there. Andy is a Kilmarnock fan on the line. Andy, we've had a bit of a split so far. What are you making of that decision today? Is it the right one or the wrong one? Well, first first of all, I'm I'm really surprised at it. I just I didn't see it coming today. Um now that it's happened, is it the right one? Is it the wrong one? You know, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, if the players aren't going to play for them, which, you know, I, I do think at times this season, especially against Livingston a couple of weeks ago and against St Johnston during the week, the players did not look interested one bit. Um, if the players aren't interested and don't like to play for them, then I can understand why he's gone. But at the same time, the players don't run the club. And as you, some of you guys have mentioned already, um, I mean, that needs to be addressed That needs to be sorted It can't be that the players Are making decisions So You know It's kind of mixed I, I really don't know where I stand on it Because At times We've played really poorly this season And at times As has has been mentioned Especially against Hearts A few weeks ago We've played quite well And digging it out against Tibbs And as has also been mentioned The two weeks draw against Tibbs We come back we, We're fighting we wanted to play We wanted to get the results So I just don't know I'm, I'm a bit puzzled I agree with some of what Jim said I has been dire at times And I also agree uh, With what the other caller said Eric So you know I'm kind of in the middle guys I don't know Yeah Gordon I want to be quite clear on this Because without Knowing for sure mm. it's, it's also possibly unfair To hang the players out to dry And say for certain They got him the sack Or they haven't been playing for him Because you, you have to be a bit careful With the mm -hmm. speculation That gets thrown out there But some of it is unavoidable when you see a team like Kilmarnock sitting in fifth and they sack the manager. What you can, with a certain degree of safety, come to the conclusion that something isn't right. There's a clearly just there's a breakdown somewhere. Yeah, it was interesting. I was listening to Andy talking there. Obviously, Kilmarnock supporter goes to games, and he's saying that not that long ago the players didn't look interested. Gordon. Yeah, but we hear that right, though, don't right, we? How right, often okay. do you hear that? What, is that? what does it mean? What does it mean? I don't know. Maybe, maybe Andy's saying that the players weren't playing for a manager, right? And if that's the case, and I think Andy's right, we've got to get to the bottom of it first and foremost. I agree, totally agree with Andy. You cannot let players run your football club. You do that, you've got a problem, massive, massive problem. Because what happens to the next manager? Players don't like his style of training, don't like when they're coming in, don't like their days off. What happens then? Put yourself in such a problem. I'm like, I'm like Andy, I don't know the facts, Gordon. We hear rumours, and that's all I can go with rumours and people saying about... But it's very strange that before a transfer window, right, he's only in the job. Six months ago, um, the Billy Bowie was coming out and saying, best manager in the league. He's won manager of the month, so at one point things are going great. He's sitting fifth in the league, so there's obviously something that's triggered the fact that Kilmarnock decided to get rid of him. Andy, when you now look back on 
The comments made by Kirk Broadfoot about the training He was quite critical And I think a lot of Kilmarnock fans were angry about that at the time They disagreed with it And then of course the results started to turn in Kilmarnock's favour And you think well You know that perhaps Kirk Broadfoot did not have a point Now with this information coming out today Do, do you look back differently on those comments? I don't know I, I, I don't know uh, I mean I suppose to an extent you have to maybe Look back at it and go. Well, is there a, is that is that evidence on the, the rumours that have been made? This uh, you know that we're hearing that. Okay, we'll clarify rumours that is, is coming out. Is that now evidence now that one player in Cut Broadfoot has left the club and has been outspoken? Perhaps it is. Perhaps it is. Maybe that. Maybe that's uh, you know a, a something to say. I, I seen Chris Boyd uh, on Sky Sports earlier today. He believes that the players. Well, I think he believes that the players. Aren't for him. It's Sky Sports understands there was a fallout. Where did Sky Sports get that news from? I would assume Chris Boyd. So you know, if that's cut broadfoot, and now of course we can only assume Chris Boyd as well saying that. And, and yeah, I suppose I suppose it does point that way because of course as we've already touched on, there's no way Kilmarnock sack a manager when you're fifth in the league because we know we've been before Clark. We've been in down at the bottom of the table. We've been struggling for years. Trying to get somewhere Then Clark comes in And now Look at this situation Another thing I want to touch on is When Clark was there I mean come on Clark was almost too good For Kilmarnock Steve Clark is An incredible manager For Kilmarnock to have Do you think the players Are now maybe Expecting too much In the the next manager That comes in A manager that is As good as Steve Clark Someone that they respect As much as Steve Clark Someone that knows What they're doing as well As Steve Clark And maybe that And the fact that Angelo's English Isn't the best has maybe been the reason behind the players not getting behind them fully. Because I, I do partially believe, contrary to what some of the panel think, that the players are not playing fully for Steve Clark. Eh, sorry, for Alessio. I don't think they were always playing. But so, I think what I meant, Andy, is what, what do you mean by that? Do you mean deliberately going out and not trying? Or do you mean that they're just unable to perform at such a level because they don't have... An effective working relationship with them Because if you're saying that they're deliberately not trying It sounds like quite an accusation A bit of both, a bit of both. I, th- I think, see when we were at Livingston last week uh, We were absolutely horrendous we, we were honestly horrendous As bad as we've been under Gary Locke Under Alan Johnson It was it was, it was, was rotten, it was absolutely rotten We barely even threatened in the game Didn't even lay a glove on them And you know, that was I mean, if you put a bit of effort in and try Then we, you know, we would have, you know, and I would have thought that we would have had a decent effort at it. I mean, obviously you're right in what you're saying. Perhaps it's, I think it's both. God, I think it's, I do mm. think it's both. But then again, on Saturday, we did try more. We, we did have a few efforts on goal, but I still didn't think it was brilliant. I, I do think we deserved a point in the game, right? I, enough, th- I, but think, I don't think it was brilliant. I think Gordon, for the sake of the likes of Andy and Jim and Eric, who have all phoned in tonight, Billy Bowie needs to put his head over the parapet. Because when Hibs sacked Paul Heckingbottom, everybody knows why he's been sacked. It's because of results, because Hibs are down the bottom of the league. When Hart sacked Craig Levine, everybody knows why he's been sacked. Results are rubbish and they're at the bottom of the league. And even then, Leanne Dempster and Anne Budge came out and clarified situations and spoke to the fans. Kilmarnock fans tonight have no idea what's going on. We are sitting here. We've no idea what's going on. Kilmarnock have sacked a manager who has got them fifth in the Premiership. You know, with that, one more result that have been sitting in a European place again. You know, he, he was manager of the month six weeks ago, and he's been sacked. Billy Bowie needs to come out and explain what on earth's mm. going on at Rugby Park, why the manager's gone, 
and what he's intending to do going forward. Otherwise, you know, you feel sorry for Andy and Jim and Eric because you just don't know what's happening at their club today, tomorrow, the next day. Who's going to be in charge for the next three games? And then who's going to be in charge beyond the break? Andy, thank you very much for the call. Make sure you stay in touch because this one won't go away. We're going to have to find a new manager as well. So keep in touch over the coming weeks and we'll see how this thing progresses. What about tonight's teaser, the super subs anymore? Right, Broadfoot's no one, is he? No. Right, okay. He, just because we've been talking about yeah. him. That's, what, yeah, I'm got, I'm, what about Ross Wallace? No. Chris Burke? No. And the current players, Johnny Hayes? Yes. Oh. Well done. That's a great shout. The only other current player I thought about Mikey Johnson There are no other current players oh, I don't mind telling right. you that Because I feel like this could be a long night If I don't It'll be midfield player or centre forward Jamie Smith No mm. Um, Don't Well I was going to say Don't get too hung up in the 2003 thing Don't ignore it completely Um, But don't do the majority of your guesswork In that time Thank you So I'm going to tell you the other night Charlie Adam no Who's a sub, yeah Greg Wild. No It's a tricky one tonight, isn't it? It is indeed right I'll give you some more thinking time Tony is in Coatbridge What do you make of this Angelo Alessio business, Tony? Hi there um, Well, I, I, I could actually say it coming, alright Because um, First of all, the biggest mistake Alessio made While he was manager of command That was playing Brophy up front Every single game and it, it, it just wasn't working. He didn't even try to put anyone up with him up front. It was always Brophy up front, Brophy up front, game in, game out. You know, you know. And um, I just think the the rest of the players, they just they just couldn't get what he wanted to do at Kamarnock. Either that, or they didn't want to do it. When you mentioned Damon Brophy thing, how much of that is is his fault though Tony I mean I accept that he obviously picked him but are Kilmarnock not a bit light in that area or certainly were I know they've brought in the likes of Osman So to try and give other options but are there any other realistic options? No that that, that was the problem we was all saying alright when Alesso took over we needed an attacking midfielder or a, a striker up front with Brophy see last season Greg Stewart and Brophy you know, you saw from that, they gelled so well together. Brophy's a sort of striker. He's at his best when someone's playing off him and he's been hung out to dry. Me, personally, I feel sorry for the guy because he's been hung out to dry. I mean, he was in a Scotland squad. Alesso comes in, he just plays him up front on his own and we're trying to get balls to him when that's not his type. He's not that type of striker. Roger, what do you think? Um, um, because the striking I, position has been a problem when they've brought other guys in, but have have they been... Good enough Was Angelo Alessio backed Or did or did he Or someone else at Kilmarnock Pick the wrong people I, I know the point Tony's making I don't mind Damon Brophy I saw him score against Hearts I saw him play very well Against Hearts He actually played well At Ross County At the weekend um, But I understand The point he's making Getting support to Brophy When Brophy was at his best For Kilmarnock Tony's right He was playing up, up front there With Greg Stewart There was a period of time He was playing with Chris Boyd um, under Steve Clark They seem to, to be able To get more bodies Round about And Malumbu Quite often played In an advanced position In the midfield He had Jordan Jones Out wide Supplying mm. him From the left hand side So There were more guys Near Brophy Sometimes this season He has been Something of an isolated mm. figure Changed again At the weekend He had Rory McKenzie In behind him In a number 10 role Chris Burke one side Liam Miller The other side But they didn't ever Seem to be quite yeah. As close to Brophy As his teammates Were in the Steve Clark era but those four guys you just mentioned, very effective players for Kilmarnock, are no longer there. So how much of that is Angelo Alessio's 
fault? Well, it's a difficult one. I think it's noticeable this season that when he struggled to bring players in, you know, he's got Osman So on loan from a championship club, deemed not good enough for a championship club. He's got Simeon Jackson back in, who was a free agent. Um, so I think it's noticeable James Fowler's been brought back to the club and that, I'm not sure whether it was technical director or director mm-hmm. of football, and, and his remit, high up in his remit, is recruitment, which would lead you to believe that the hierarchy at the club have not been happy with the recruitment lately, and James Fowler's in now to, to spearhead that going forward. So... Some of Alessio's signs have been decent Branescu looks a decent goalkeeper Del Fabro, although I felt he was culpable At the end of the game at the weekend Has done okay Hamalainen has done okay El McCraney having had a slow start Has slightly come on to a better game But I just think he did, you know, I tend to agree with Tony He needed somebody to take a bit of the burden off Eamon Brophy Quickly Tony, before we go Who next? Have you got any thoughts already? Right, I, 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 I just want to say I would I would keep um, Dyer there because I, I said this to the, the other person I spoke to, all right, not much needs changed at Commander. That's the thing, all right. Steve Clark left a legacy, all right. It, it's, a sim, it's a simple job. They don't have to be a great manager. They've just got to come to the club and keep the, the team ticking over under the system Steve Clark had. And Commander will be fine. It's just that... Bad mistake getting a foreign manager because obviously all foreign managers like open, expansive football. We're not that sort of club. Uh, I, I can't, I can't understand the the, the sentence here. Commander will be fine. Commander are fine just now. I'm not looking at. Yeah, I think that's what Tony said. He doesn't feel like it needs right. a radical overhaul. Yeah, and and if that was the case, of Dyer, for instance, well, if they had that much belief in him to just to keep things going, why go and get an Italian manager in? Why not just give him the job and say he got on with it? Obviously, the Did guy. Did he want it though? I, well, I was going to say that he might not want it, but I'm not buying this Eamon uh, Broth up himself and whatever. It's a results driven business, and just now the manager's not been sacked with his results gone. Tony and Coatbridge, thank you very much for your call. What about the teaser anymore? You've got Craig BT, Jermaine Defoe, Johnny Hayes. Uh, the only other clue what? I'll give you at the moment, because I feel like you're struggling. Three of them. Yeah. Are still playing Certainly two But I think three of them Are still playing What about Demarcus Beasley No mm-hmm. Three of them are still playing mm-hmm. One of them's playing At a very good level Good level Not Timo Pukki Similar level mm-hmm. oh, Hold on Hold on hold John on. Fleck, Fleck. <laughs> I like how Gordon Just tried to steal that, ah, was the, that was the equivalent Of tapping the ball Over the line As uh, Roger had already scored Here, here's, The Erdry manager Fleck. one The Erdry manager Ian Murray? Murray? No. Um, El Hajjouf? No. All right, I'll give you some thinking time. We'll get the answers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon DL and Roger Hanna are here with me, Gordon Duncan. A really tough full time teaser sent in tonight. If you want to hear your question used on the show in the future, the address you need is fulltime at Clyde One. That's fulltime at Clyde1.com That's the address that John used tonight And he says since 2003 11 players have played over 40 times For either Celtic or Rangers But more than half of those appearances Have been as a sub Name them Guys like Craig Beatty Jermaine Defoe John Fleck Johnny Hayes Nicky Clark Brilliant, well done And I've got Stephen Thompson 
Stephen Thompson Well done yes 2003 or something When mm-hmm. you said No current players Does that mean they're, they're not actually playing Or some of them might still be playing But elsewhere So you've got One Two Three Four Five to go oh. mm-hmm. um, Two of them Don't Certainly don't play anymore None of them play in Scotland None of them play in Scotland Oh good help There's one guy I might have to check what I don't about, think he does What about Dom Ball no The only thing I'll say to you is Era wise You're close with him oh, I mean, that, That's not the worst guess Well like a Josh Windass Would he be Again you're not a million miles away But he's not one 20, think 40, 40 games is a lot Wack of games on. isn't it No he's not It's not Wack on. Come Joe, on Joe Garner Nope Still mm. Still there or thereabouts In that sort of Hmm who used to come on as sub? Well, it would come on in the 60th minute <laughs> yeah. Guaranteed We're a pal What type of position always comes on as a sub? Centre forward Winger Winger Rangers wingers Of that era Well, Wycorn played through the middle wide Who did he come off for? Oh, what did you call a lad who was up on loan? Nathan No No do I? Oh, yeah. No, not him. This guy is still playing, but last I checked, it was in a far flung land, not well known for its domestic league. Harry Forrester. Yes, Harry Forrester. Oh, I never got that. Right, wrong, here's what we've got then four to go. Three former Celtic players, one former Rangers player. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's speak to Kenny, who's a Hearts fan on the line. Kenny, your team. Kenny the Jambo. Up against Celtic tomorrow. Are you giving them any hope, Kenny? Oh, good evening, Roger, uh, Gordon, and uh, Gordon. Hi, Jim, Kenny. Uh, Kenny the Jambo. I'm thinking, I'm saying to myself, is there an anti-hearts uh, sort of scene sweeping through, sort of jumping on the bandwagon of Cathro, then the carry on Levine, and the carry on now, what's going on? But uh, to be honest, guys, as a Jambo, I'm, I'm bemused by what's going on. I, I, you just can't, you can't put your finger on What's been wrong? You know, whether you look at the injuries, a new stand getting built, a new pitch getting laid, the, the, the list just goes on to mistakes, you know, the mishaps. I just can't put my finger on it, guys, to be honest. I don't know, I don't know your view. Roger, we don't have time at 10 to 8 for you to answer this question fully, but I'll give well, it a go. How would you just sum up the situation at Hearts at the, the moment? Sh- if the show went to midnight, we wouldn't have long enough. Um, quite bizarre. I can never remember a situation where a manager has been sacked, then his assistant put in temporary charge. The assistant has then been replaced, but both the manager and the assistant are still there and on the payroll. <laughs> and it was the manager who showed his successor round the training ground. And that manager and his former number two are now sharing the duties of a sporting director. Um, it is, even for an old hack like me, new ground. Um, I'm not sure what Daniel Stendhal will make of any of it going forward And I'm not sure what influence Craig Levine and Austin McPhee Who have been, remember, removed from their jobs What influence they will have in the recruitment process for Daniel Stendhal going forward I'm sure Kenny won't contradict me when I repeat what I said in the first hour of the show Hearts are in the teeth of a relegation scrap here They are extremely poor Daniel Stendhal has an extremely difficult job Ahead of him And 
I don't think the structure that remains in place at Tynecastle is conducive to helping Daniel Stendel do that job. Roger, this is worse than uh, Romanov. <laughs> well, 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 listen. There, there were uh, a few uh, Roger, there were a few bonkers it's a changes. Sham- it's an absolute shambles. I mean, that, that, that well remembers the you know the Malafave months and the Korobochka months. He was talking about them earlier on, and you know he through that Romanov years. He can name every player signed during that yeah. period as well, and, yeah. and well, they can, what's more, he can spell them. He writes them all down for if us. If that as was a teaser, it'd be finished by now. I, I I just think that I look at Hearts just now. It's a massive club as well. It's an absolute shambles off the p- the pitch, and I feel sorry for the manager because. Me personally, I think if you're going to be a, a top manager, you've got to walk into that situation. If they want you, Gordon, clear the decks. You can't have Austin McPhee and Craig Levine hanging about the corridors or sitting in their house doing whatever they're doing, still on the payroll, and you're going to try and take Hearts up the league. That's where I mm. think Hearts have got a massive problem. Kenny, very quickly, because we're running out of time, can you put all this to bed for a night and get a famous victory against Celtic tomorrow? <laughs> I'll take that as a no I've not had that much to drink God, <laughs> You know what I mean <laughs> I'll tell you no, what. You can be optimistic eh? Absolutely Especially this time of year Good man That was Kenny and Airdrie We're going to have to leave it there Because we're running out of time And you've got work to do On the teaser mm. Since 2003 11 players have Played more than 40 times For Celtic or Rangers But over half of their appearance Have been as a sub You've got Craig Beattie, Nicky Clark, Jermaine Defoe, John Fleck, Harry Forrester, Johnny Hayes, Stephen Thompson, four to go. Right, you put me in the mood there for wingers. Oh, did I, right. Patrick Roberts? No. Let's just say I thought you had that there. Barry McKay. Oh, pa- Paddy McCourt. Paddy McCourt. Oh, oh well done, Daz. Yes. Yes, a dazzler. Niall McGinn? No. Barry McKay? Uh, no. Lewis McLeod? No. That's... That's you're close there on era and being an academy product and all the rest of it. Robbie Crawford. Oh, brilliant. Well is done. Oh, Robbie oh. Crawford. Now plays in Finland, I believe. Oh, oh. he is now, isn't he? Yeah, so there you go. Robbie Great Crawford has won. A couple of Celtic players. Two Celtic ones to go. Same era. One was 04 to 07. One was 06 to 08. Oh. No, ch- I've well, no chance. We're not going to see No. One Scottish. Scottish mm-hmm. Yeah I'm struggling I've tried, my, I've tried my Jamie Smiths And my Ross Wallaces yeah. Didn't Come through at Celtic But was signed as a young Scottish player for Celtic But came through elsewhere Gary Mackay Stephen No So what were the eras 04 to 07 Came through at Motherwell Oh Stephen Pearson Stephen Pearson And the last one I'm glad you saved this to last One of the most appropriate Scottish footballing surnames For this time of year if we were to do a winter 11 or a Christmas 11, this guy would be in it. Santa? <laughs> no. <laughs> Rudolph? No. Noah? Evander Snow. Evander no. Snow. Oh, well done. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Roger Hanna and Gordon Diel. It was a busy show, so apologies if you didn't get through, but we're back tomorrow. Hearts against Celtic. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy are here. Please join us. Callum Gallagher is up next. Stay right there. Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.